0: Hello everyone. Thank you for downloading the In It podcast. I'm Dave Birnbaum, your host. This is the first episode of the show. We're not going to have a regular interview format. I'm just going to introduce the show and some of the topics we'll be covering. Imagine, if you will, that the year is 2035 and we live in a world where cities are smart. They've woken up and are managed by advanced widespread sensor networks mediated with artificial intelligence knitted together with ultra fast wireless networks and all of this is accessed by people through immersive interfaces like mixed reality, virtual reality and haptics. This world is alien to us today. We can talk about it, but it's hard for me to even get specific about what things are going to look like, what a typical day in the life of a denizen of such a place looks like or feels like. It's hard to argue that the confluence of these technologies won't feel like a sea change, a fundamental difference to the human condition. You might even argue that this change is so great that it's similar to... Species changing inventions in humanity's past, like fire or wheels, it's that big a deal. And it's going to happen so soon that more than likely we're going to be around to see it. So, what do you do with that? What do you do when you realize that everything is going to change? The most fundamental truths, perhaps. For example, there are some people that believe that many of the resources that we consider scarce today will not be scarce. I mean, if you go back and look at fire, heat used to be scarce. The means to cook food used to be scarce. It was difficult to create fire for millions and millions of years. It was impossible. Now, you can regulate the temperature of your environment with technology and you can cook food whenever you want. And the way that we do these things, even though the mechanism is similar to the way fire works, our technology doesn't even utilize fire. Now imagine that some of the things that are scarce today become abundant. For example, the feeling of being near loved ones. People fly all over the planet, endure hardships in order to be together with the people they care about. These things can be scarce. There's an epidemic of loneliness. There are people who, who struggle to express themselves and actualize because of the constraints of their body, whether it be deficiency caused by injury or disease or just the limitation of the human body. There are things we could do and that we would do if those constraints were removed. And here on In It, we're going to explore that. We're going to talk to engineers, technologists, creatives, executives, business people, educators, philosophers, to understand where we're going and what we can expect in this brave new world. Okay, now a little bit about me. I'm a haptics guy through and through, and working in the field of haptics for the better part of two decades. What brought me to haptics was music and interactive media. I've always been interested in how new technologies can enable artistic and creative expression. And it was always an intriguing question to me. What is it about a particular object that allows people to use it to make Art. Why is it that some musical instruments are more fertile than others for advancing kind of the cultural project of music? And looking specifically at music and musical instruments, one of the key components of musical interaction is the sense of touch and haptics. So that's kind of what started me down this journey. Working in haptics but having a creative background led me down a path to UX or user experience. UX is fundamentally concerned with the value of a technology, a product, or service to people. Identifying that value, maximizing it, making sure that the things that we build and try to sell are valuable to people. Haptics is never the central concern. Even though most UX practitioners will say that haptics is a very intriguing modality for interaction and they wish that they could use it more. I should explain what this word means for those that don't know. Haptic perception is our perception of space and physical reality through our bodies. So we use our haptic senses to learn about the physical contours of the world, to learn about the objects around us, our environment, and the people that we come in contact with, literally, through handshakes and high fives and hugs. Haptic technology is technology that engages this embodied sense, or this sense of touch, to allow you to interact with digital objects through your body. So what haptics is really doing as its overarching project, in my opinion, is breaking down the dichotomy of atoms and bits. Today we think of the internet as being a place full of information and symbols and thoughts. And it's virtual, meaning it isn't reality. You can't touch it. It just kind of floats in clouds. We even use that term. The information is up in the cloud. And then we have the world of atoms that you can manipulate and touch and come into contact with. And this is the reality that we all know. This is the true reality. Because you can touch it. You can use your instinctive behaviors of moving a body through space in an environment... To learn about the world and situate yourself in it. The project of immersive technology, and especially immersive technology that includes haptics and gesture, is to break down this distinction. And it's happening now. This is not science fiction. We're not talking about programmable matter and the matrix. Those possible futures may come to pass, but it will take many decades before they do, if they ever do. But in the near-term to mid-term, in the next decade or two, the distinction between atoms and bits is going to degrade enough that profound societal and cultural shifts will take place, and we will reconceive reality. Here's an example. Going back to that idea about people wanting to be together, today when we talk about being distant from each other, unless we're using the term metaphorically, what we mean is that there's a great amount of space between us, and that it will take time to cross that space and share a location closely enough that we could interact and touch each other. What happens to the concept of distance in a world with haptics that are good enough to make you feel for all intents and purposes that you are transported instantly to another location and that you can interact physically with items in that location. You can reach out and touch them or rearrange them and they will be rearranged on the other side. What does that mean for the concept of distance? So that's just a taste of one of the many questions we'll explore. I'm going to hold off on proposing a bunch more because I'd like those scenarios to organically emerge in the interviews. One more thing. As you're listening to these topics, which I hope are interesting and engaging, I would suggest to you that there's another level of communication available to you. And that has to do with people. You know, it's easy to accept the notion that technological progress is inevitable, that technology improves on itself almost out of our control. We feel helpless. We feel like technology is just improving without really any human agency. When you look at Moore's Law or exponential technologies, you see these plots of speeds and feeds against time, and you see that everything's speeding up and it looks like a natural phenomenon that isn't driven by human agency and not to get too philosophical in the introduction but it's possible it's possible that it isn't driven by human agency on some level that we're really just worker ants building a hive that we can't even conceive of as a gestalt but i want to propose that that's not the right attitude because on a day-to-day basis technology progresses as a result of humans who are driven by human motivations. And the way that people apply their talents and their energies determines what the future is going to look like. So another way to listen to this podcast is to get to know the people who are driving change. And that's why I'm going to try to keep it a little bit casual. We'll get geeky and we'll get into technical details for sure. But we're also going to keep the human story in focus as much as possible. I really want to understand where people are coming from as they develop these earth-shaking technologies, why they're doing it, how they intend their contribution to be used, what they hope the future will look like. Again, if we can understand where the people are coming from, who are building this future, then maybe the contours of that future will start to become clear. So with that, I just want to close by saying thank you so much for listening to this. Really, it means a lot to me that you would spend your time listening to this show. And I really sincerely hope, and I will work hard to ensure, that you come away feeling that this was time well spent. So thanks very much, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. You can find me online at DaveBernbaum.com. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it, telling your friends and colleagues about it, and by supporting it through Patreon. More information at daveburnbaum.com. Beats by Illy MC. The views and opinions expressed in this recording do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner or guests may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone, or anything. Copyright 2019, Dave Burnbaum.